Welcome back to the show. This is the ADF Underground brought to you by All Day Football. What's up, y'all? I am your host, Chris. They call me Chouse. Welcoming you back to another episode. Here we are, the last episode in the series of Team Breakdowns. This will be the AFC West. To conclude, right before the season kicks off, we are a mere two days away. Uh, by the time this pod drops, it will be one day away as we are Thursday Night Football with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans on tap. I am super excited. Can't wait. We finally have some football after a long off season, after so much uncertainty. It is right around the corner and I couldn't be more happy. I hope you guys are as well. Just concluded a couple fantasy football drafts. I am completed with that. I am in, I believe, six or seven leagues this year. So, I mean, uh, that's a full plate in itself. I am uh, looking forward to it all. Finished a couple drafts this evening. They didn't go as planned, but I'm still pretty happy with my crew. couple things of note, DeAndre Hopkins, he did sign a massive contract. I believe it was five years with the extension, five years equating to $94 million. He is now the highest paid non-quarterback position ever in the history of the NFL. That was quite impressive. The Cardinals will dissect that when we jump into their team breakdown here with the A- NFC West. And uh, we saw Kareem Hunt. He signed a new two-year extension with the Cleveland Browns worth over just $13 million. Was a little bit of a speculation to why he would have signed uh, with the Browns again before the season was done. But then, I mean, we did think about it, and uh, it was it was clear that, I mean, so many free agent running backs are going to be coming on the off the books this coming off season in 2021. So he was just banking on some on some uh, true dollars, true payday to get at him over the top, just in case his market would have floundered on a uh, uh, free agent period uh, come the off season. So, I mean, it, I, I get it now more than I did when he first signed it because I had to sit back and think about why he would do that. But that was clear in my mind after the fact that that was the reason why. So, I mean, not much other news. Uh, Von Miller, breaking news, uh, came out uh, today uh, recently that uh, he will miss the entire 2020 season due to an ankle injury. Looks like he tore a tendon that will require surgery, and he is gone. Huge blow for the Denver Broncos. Now uh, Bradley Chubb will have to uh, take over to become the leading sack master on the club, and uh, just a massive blow uh, for the Denver Broncos. They lost Todd Davis as well, their line backer and then uh, released him with an injury settlement so nothing but bad news all around for that Broncos defense and and Von Miller superstar uh, uh, defensive end uh, outside linebacker uh, is out for the season so nevertheless let's jump into the NFC West and see what we got cooking in this division it is a very competitive crew as well we have the 49ers the Seahawks the Cardinals and the Rams so it truly can be anybody's game 
Um, the Rams did falter after re- reaching the Super Bowl. Huge uh, season hangover that they could not get over. Uh, the 49ers obviously went to the Super Bowl to face the Kansas City Chiefs last year. Uh, they lost out in, in a great showing, uh, so they should be returning back to high levels of play. Uh, we have the Seattle Seahawks continuing to improve their roster uh, after, obviously, the Legion of Boom was dismantled. They are they are climbing their way back. I mean, they, they are improving their roster year over year and then the up-and-coming Arizona Cardinals so we'll dive in we'll go first to the San Francisco 49ers we'll start with the offensive side of the ball I mean offensive line wise they are still very strong they do have Trent Williams who they got from Washington I believe that was in that trade Um, that just makes this offensive line that much better they were run heavy to start with and now you bring in uh, all pro tackle like Trent Williams uh, to anchor with uh, uh, Mike McGlinchey on the other side to hook up the bookends i mean is there arguably is there a better one-two punch on the tackle position for any club i I mean it's argumentative but i mean you can't find a a better duo than these two inside the line they're still very stout um i I think that you're gonna see wondrous wondrous blocking for jimmy garoppolo so she he shouldn't have too many excuses to hitting the turf or or uh, having no time to find his wide receivers so we'll jump into the wide receiver core and i mean this is where we kind of take a little bit of a step back um we have some concern with this group only because Debo Samuel is coming off of that foot injury. He broke his foot earlier in training camp. Uh, rumor has it, speculation has it that he will, in fact, uh, be uh, a possibility for Week One, which is which is absolutely surprising for the for the foot injury. I thought for sure he would have been coming back around the Week Two to Three mark. Uh, nevertheless, I mean, we could see him on a snap count depending on how ready he really is. Uh, but with Debo, he showed last season that he is a force. I mean, uh, Kyle Shanahan definitely knows how to use that product, use the speed, use the balance. And he's going to, he's going to try to, uh, reassert him as one of the key offensive cogs in this offense. And then on top of that, you have Brandon Ayuk, the rookie, uh, coming in this season. It, it was kind of a shocking draft pick, but I, again, I think this goes to show you what Kyle Shanahan has in his mind on how he wants to run this offense Brandon Ayuk of course obviously from Arizona State I did uh, dive into his film quite a bit as well he was one of the rookies that I was excited about and as you watched his film you could see why Shanahan would have liked him so he is faster on tape than he was at the combine so I mean that's a little bit uh, of a concern not a concern because uh, game speed means everything if he's not a track star I mean it's no big deal but when you watch him on film he is very very fast he's very he's a very fluid route runner his elite route breaks were something to see on film he's got fabulous release off the line and I think that's what uh appealed to coach Kyle Shanahan because you if you can get that timing west coast style offense in gear with the play action pass with a heavy run game uh, I, I think this is what he will do very well uh, Ayuk was great with yards per catch average I mean this was his game he would he would make plays with the ball 
get open, and he was he his yards per catch were just fantastic. He did strike me as a natural playmaker. I mean, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of uh, uh, a, a trying. It, it seemed like it came natural to him. He's very shifty. He's got soft hands. He can double down as a punt returner as well. I did want to see uh, more improvement in his press uh, when he's pressed up in coverage. Uh, that does uh, tend to uh, derail his release and his routes when he does get hit on that line. And the one concern I did have for him was he had core surgery uh, to replace uh, some problems that he had. He is apparently back to full health, so I mean that is a big positive. This uh, this tape and this film I watched on Ayuk goes back all the way to uh, February uh, during the scouting combine, so I mean that was a concern at that time. My NFL comp for him was Chris Givens. I know it doesn't sound like it's a favorable uh, NFL comparison, but I mean Chris Givens come out of college, he was fantastic also. He, he was expected to take that next leap and be that player that everyone thought he could be. I think Ayuk's ceiling is a lot higher than what Givens was. And in this offense with uh, with the uh, offensive mastermind in Shanahan, I think he could expel as much as, if not all, uh, of the ability that he has. As for the uh, remaining pieces on this offense, you still have Dante Pittis. I mean, he showed out decent last season, but injuries have always been a concern for him. He just seems like he can't stay on the field. And, I mean, that's a big problem. So San Francisco doesn't have a good uh, resume or record uh, in drafting. Uh, receivers with Shanahan on board with John excuse me John Lynch on board so we'll see how that goes and I mean if you're trusting Ayuk to be your top target I I do have some concern with that also because he wasn't the the most highly regarded wide receiver to come out of this draft with this draft was loaded with pass catchers so I mean is that saying much no because in a in a weaker class we would have seen Ayuk jump up the board and then on top of that you got Kendrick Bourne who is kind of a sleeper he should find his way into the into playing time uh, he was able to come in uh, beautifully last year in in relief and and make a lot of plays for this offense so all in all, I mean, they're not necessarily over the top when it comes to talent just yet. They are missing, in my opinion, that number one superstar. And, uh, I mean, if you look at it on paper, uh, uh, you should think that they would entertain at one point uh, signing Antonio Brown. Uh, this is one team that I think could use a player like him. I get it. The off-field headaches are the big problem. The eight-game suspension that the NFL handed down to Antonio Brown is a problem. Um, but I don't know. I'd have to see the stipulations in his suspension that if he just has to be suspended for eight weeks of the season or if he actually has to be on a club and then be suspended for eight weeks. I don't know how that one uh, shakes out. So if if it is being on a team, then then it's likely that. Antonio Brown will not play this season, um, but if it is eight weeks, I wouldn't be shocked to see a team take a flyer on him during a long playoff run, and the 49ers could be one of those teams. Of course, where they get a little bit better uh, and, and where their focus remains is at the tight end position where they have George Kittle, who is arguably the best tight end in the NFL. I'm still going with uh, Travis Kelsey. I think he is still the tops. I mean, age aside, Kittle is the younger prospect, is the younger product. 
And and from that perspective, I would say fine. Let's give the edge to Kittle. But for all around game, I mean, they're very close. They're one A one B. There's not much separating them from each other. But at this point, I'm still going with uh, if uh, Travis Kelsey as my number one, George Kittle number two, and he's going to be again a, fo- a focal point of this offense this off season. They also signed uh, Jordan Reed, former Washington. Uh, 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 the Washington football team tight end. So, I mean, this one is interesting to me as well. A lot of teams are going toward that double tight end set, and and it's proven to work. I mean, the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens use it to perfection. The Philadelphia Eagles use it to perfection. Teams are starting to get this. The L.A. Rams use it as well. So, I mean, you if you can have two capable tight ends who can block, who can catch, who have speed and ability, you're, you're creating giant mismatches for the RPO. You're creating giant mismatches in the play action pass. I just I, I love it. I think it's 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 a great way to uh, confuse. You can create multiple plays within one formation. I, I I think if Jordan Reed, the biggest problem we all know is his concussion history. If he can stay healthy and on the field, this could be a very nice one-two punch. That way, it alleviates your uh, limited uh, depth in your wide receiver room uh, and, and you could still flourish in the pass game with these two uh, talented uh, tight end pass catching ability players. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, he is your man behind center. I, I'm i still a little bit on the fence with Jimmy G. He had a good season last year, clearly led them to the Super Bowl. But what, what scared me and shook me off the most about Jimmy was the fact that he basically went to sleep when it came to playoff time. Was it uh, organized that way from the head coach? It's possible. He didn't want him to give away the game, so it was straight defense and run-heavy formations and execution. That's what we saw throughout the playoffs. Um, Will we see that again? Will we see Shanahan open up the door for Jimmy G to be and learn and grow to that next level? It's very possible, but again, the limited amount of wide receivers they have on the club, I I, I wonder if they're going to move away from being that run-heavy squad. And when we talk about what his prospects are, I I still could see him do it again. 4,000 yards is not out of the realm of possibilities. Um, He was fairly efficient. He did make a few errant throws, but, I mean, that comes with inexperience. I mean, he's only started, what, one full season in his NFL career after coming from the New England Patriots. So, I mean, I I don't dislike Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that I still want to see a little bit more proof in the pudding. I would have liked to have seen, uh, uh, like I said, a star wide receiver come to this club, um, but that did not happen. So, I mean, I think we're going to expect pretty much the same type of output from Jimmy this season, and it's not terrible, but it's not over the top when we start dissecting the running back room so again we have a loaded room they traded Matt Breida to the Miami Dolphins because they had this plethora of running backs in Tevin Coleman Raheem Mostert and then they had uh, Jeffrey Wilson on top of that this year they get back Jarek McKinnon former Minnesota Viking prospect who is loaded with speed catching ability from the backfield and Shanahan has also uh, indicated that he will ride the hot hand 
in this regard um, to see who will take the lead per on a per game basis. Granted, you know, Moster was the guy who was uh, leading the charge last season, late into the last season and throughout the playoffs. So he's going to probably get first crack at the position. But if he uh, if Shanahan is talking right in the hot hand, I wouldn't discount Tevin Coleman at all either. I still believe Tevin is the most well-rounded back on this club, on this roster at this moment. But it's unfortunate in his uh, 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 respect that he hasn't been able to put it all together either. Injuries continue to derail his overall output. And, and I mean, he still has lots of speed. He still is a great re- weapon out of the backfield in the pass game. It just, it's something about Tevin that he just hasn't put it all together just yet. And I'm, I'm still I'm giving him one more season before I'm out. Uh, fantasy football-wise and, and endorsing him in any form, I think this is the last year I will give him because I still want to give him – he's still a youthful back. I still want to give him a chance to uh, make things right. As for Jarek McKinnon, I mean – injuries again the 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 one thing that scare me is that it took him a very long time to recover uh from his knee injury and i would not be surprised if one hit swells that knee up and he's out for multiple games so he's a little bit more of a risk but i mean if you have mckinnon healthy on this roster i mean that just adds to the to what you're able to do so now the argument gets debunked that they don't have enough weapons at the wide receiver position because you can use double tight end sets, use double running backs, and you can have these guys, all of them can catch out of the backfield. So you're extremely multidimensional and well-balanced with a superb offensive line. So, I mean, the 49ers offense is still definitely the cream of the crop. They will do it once again. And as we flip to the other side of the ball of the 49ers is their very, very sound defense. So they did trade away one of their defensive linemen to the Colts this offseason, and it left a giant hole. So what did they do? They drafted Javon Kinlaw. This guy was one of the best defensive tackles to come out of this draft. It, I believe they got him with the Colts pick. Yes, uh, I'd have to remember what pick it was. It was uh, before the 15, I believe. And he is a big man. He is six foot five, 324 pounds. He is just a wrecker. He runs a 4.940. If you can imagine this coming at you uh, as a running back, running and chasing you down at that weight at over 320 pounds coming at you that fast oh my goodness that's gonna hurt but you know you still you replace uh you replace that with kinlaw you still have armstead you still have nick bosa i mean that's what you're looking for right you still have uh solomon thomas i mean he hasn't been anything necessarily spectacular in his career i heard the 49ers were looking to ship him away and no takers uh to this point but i mean at this as of today he, he's gonna act as good depth for your club and then you have d ford also coming off that edge to help nick bosa in the pass rush so when you're talking about their front four with rotation they have so many horses to get to the quarterback it is literally unbelievable it's an embarrassment of riches and they will again be a very sound sound group up front when it comes to the linebacking core i mean uh kwan alexander when he came back from injury i was i was preaching this up huge because I'm a big Quan Alexander fan. He came from the Buccaneers, and he signed on that big contract with the 49ers. I believe it was last offseason, or the, uh, yeah, I believe it was last offseason. And what he does for this defense is he actually now becomes like the quarterback at the will position. He allows the front 
to do a lot of things, to scheme up differently so he can actually play and dissect the run game. This is what he does very well. He's very sound in coverage also. And and then you have uh, Dre Greenlaw at the Sam linebacker position, which I was very impressed with his play last season. He he came in and he showed extremely well. He's a former Arkansas product. It's his second year. He was a young rookie last season. And, I mean, he, he – exceeded all of my expectations to make this and help this defense become one of the better ones in the entire NFL. And then you got Aziz Alshir as the Mike. So, I mean, I, I don't really care for that. I think they could have had an upgrade at the middle linebacker position. But, I mean, when you talk about this front seven regardless – what we, not many negatives you can say here. They can rush the passer extremely well. They're very sound in run defense, and then they can actually still drop back and play coverage. So you can't really hate on that whatsoever. When we start to look at this team again in the secondary, I mean, there are holes, and you could say that this is the weakness if we have to find one. Richard Sherman still continues to play at a high level. I mean, I've come to appreciate Richard Sherman's game never been a huge fan of his personally um, but when we talk about football in general I mean he never had the speed he always required a safety over the top uh, to give him the bailout when he is playing cover two um, so I mean yes the stats are always there to promote how good Richard Sherman has played but I mean again the speed was never his game he was never one of the fastest defensive backs in the league that's going to make you uh, your receivers lock down and stay step for step and that's why I say he always required that safety assistance to to bail him out from time to time um, but he still is playing at a very high level but age will definitely take its toll uh, sooner rather than later and, and I wonder if that's going to happen you still have Tart playing the sa uh, strong safety position he played well enough to take notice Jimmy Ward comes back at free safety but then here is where I find the problems uh, on this secondary Emmanuel Mosley Kawan Williams are the guys Witherspoon is also there to help out on the other end uh, uh, on the defensive back unit so I mean you're you're a little light there so I mean that's where a lot of teams were attacking this club last season and I think that's going to be exactly the same Jason Verrett was brought in I believe a few years ago from the Chargers to be that secondary piece with Richard Sherman and again he has found himself in the medical room and I feel bad for Verrett because he is a very good talent very strong player but he just cannot stay healthy and and that has been his his fallout uh, throughout his career, unfortunately. Um, but when it comes to the division, I mean, this this division has to run through the 49ers. Uh, they are the former Super Bowl contenders, losing the contest uh, uh, after leading. Um, so, I mean, again, just like the Rams, when they went to the Super Bowl, what do we expect for a Super Bowl hangover? Is it going to be um, large, or are they going to get over it very fast and be more hungry to get back? Under coach Kyle Shanahan, I really believe in his prowess, in his pedigree. I think he is one of the better youthful uh, offensive geniuses in the entire league, and I think he'll have them ready to go once again when the season starts, and uh, they'll be rolling. So the team that I am extremely excited about, their division rival, the Seattle Seahawks, we'll jump into them next. I really like this team a lot. I, I wish they would have improved the defensive side just a little bit more. But, I mean, with the trade that they did with Jamal, for Jamal Adams from the New York Jets, I mean, that, that will cover up so many inadequacies that you have on this defense because Adams can just play 
everywhere. Yes, did they give up a boatload of draft compensation? Uh, Would it be advisable uh, to do that for a safety? Usually no. Um, But when we discuss Jamal Adams, and I'll start on the defensive side with the Seahawks. Um, When you start with Jamal Adams, I think you have to understand he is a generational talent that can do um, everything. I mean, someone asked me, do you think he's better than Earl Thomas was back in his prime? And I'd have to say yes. Um, and that's a bold statement for for any player because Earl Thomas was a baller back in his Seattle days. And I would have to definitely say that Jamal Adams is that much better. I mean, it's close, but he is better than uh, uh, Earl Thomas. When you when you keep down the, the, the defensive back secondary, they did trade for Quandre Diggs from Detroit last offseason to play that free safety spot i mean that was fantastic trey flowers was very impressive quentin dunbar comes over from washington from washington i mean he i think he had some legal troubles that he was uh uh, looked upon as innocent so he is now back with the team was a huge huge deal um and then you got shaquille griffin on the other side so when you look at this secondary now when you're adding jamal adams I mean, there isn't a whole heck of a lot of holes. It's not the Legion of Boom the way it used to be, but, I mean, you're, you're going 2.0 here because they, they, with Jamal Adams, look like a very sound unit, and they will uh, make a lot of people hurt. Um, as for the linebacking court, I mean, status quo, they look fantastic again, led by Bobby Wagner at the middle linebacker position one of the best uh, middle linebackers in the entire NFL, always up top when it comes to leading the league in tackles. He just knows the game. When you watch him, it's a thing of beauty. He is he is legitimately the quarterback for the defense, making the calls, making the adjustments, and, and, and finding the runners and, and receivers. He is that good and that efficient. K.J. Wright still on the, on the right side, and then you, you brought back Bruce Irvin to be your Sam. So, I mean, Irvin was here before. Um, it's where he played his best football. I mean, age has uh, uh, taken its toll. There is more wear on his uh, on his tires. Um, but I think this is a good situation for him. He knows what he's going to expect from uh, from his head coach, and, and and I can't hate it. I really can't. Where they do lack is in the front four. So L.J. Collier and then Puna Ford, Jawan Reed, Jerron Reed is probably your best player at the position, and then Benson. Mayoa. I I still struggle to understand, but you know what? This is the thing about Pete Carroll and his coaching staff and his scouting staff, excuse me. They do find players that nobody else really is coveting at that point, and then they turn into very sound NFL products. Um, we've seen it more and more. I didn't care for his coaching style, Pete Carroll I'm speaking of. I didn't care for his coaching style when he was with the Patriots. But when he went over to the Seahawks, I mean, I think it it changed the way that he approached the game overall and 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 I became a big fan and as he aged as he continued to grow as a head coach and you see the way that the players respect him the system is always followed I really watch and follow this man to believe that he is he is one of the better head coaches in the NFL even given his age I believe he's in his 70s now so I mean if there is a weakness Reed is still your defensive tackle that's going to push everything I have question marks on Collier I don't know if he's going to be enough in the run uh, 
rush attack uh, for the quarterback to get enough pressure. Um, they did lose uh, Jadavion Clowney. Obviously, he wanted too much. So that's going to be a big loss for this defense. But perhaps they make up for it in coverage sacks because the secondary will be that much more improved this season. So on top of that, now we jump to the offensive side of the football. And, of course, you have the man who I have been openly critical of in the early years and then absolutely on board now and that is russell wilson so why was i critical of wilson in the past it was it was simply because he appeared that he would be um just a game manager even when he was in his super bowls i know he threw the 30 touchdowns and i just still (coughs) excuse me there was something missing from his game and now i believe and it's been over the last three years i think is where i kind of grew uh uh, for an appreciation for russell wilson to to actually believe he is a superstar he's a quiet superstar he's he's not the flash in the pants quarterback that you're going to take notice like patrick mahomes I think Russell Wilson does it quietly, but he's so efficient in what he does. He's so good at what he does, fitting the ball in pinpoint uh, accuracy. He still has a very strong arm. He can get out of the pocket and run. Like He does everything well for a quarterback his size, and, and I'm, I'm a huge, huge supporter of Russell Wilson at this point. Everything is predicated upon Wilson doing well, um, and, and, I, and I have no doubt in my mind that he will again take this club to the heights of uh, competing for a division crown versus the 49ers. Offensively overall, I mean, the offensive line still is better. Uh, it lost a few pieces, but it still is better than what, what they have been uh, in recent memory. Last year, I really liked this group. They did, I believe, lose uh, Fant and then per- perhaps another offensive lineman. I can't recall his name at this point, but they do still have uh, Dwayne Brown. They have Mike Iapati. Ethan Polkick is still there as their center. Damian Lewis is the rookie. He is taken over at the guard. And then Brandon Shell comes over from the New York Jets. Um, so, I mean, yes, you have a rookie starting at guard. Not a... Not, uh, uh, anything to get overly worried about at this point um but you you do have uh potentially lesser talent blocking for russell wilson and this this team was was obviously built upon running the football they were a run heavy team i could see that flip once again this season uh we saw them flip the script when chris carson went down with injury rashad penny went down with injury um and they had to switch back to being a pass first club I think we see a little bit more balance uh, potentially with Chris Carson coming back off that hip injury, and, and we'll discuss him as well. Actually, let's discuss that right now. So we'll jump into the running back room. So you still have Chris Carson. Penny is starting on the pup, so he will be gone for, I believe it is, six weeks. They signed Carlos Hyde. Uh, they still have Travis Homer, and they have this rookie DJ Dallas. So this room, to me, okay, there hasn't been a whole lot of conversation about Chris Carson and that's kind of worrisome, but it hasn't been positive or negative. And that's the interesting aspect of Chris Carson. He is coming off that hip injury, like I mentioned, uh, surgically repaired hip. And that can't be good for any running back. I don't care who you are. You're going to take they, these guys take massive amounts of punishment in the body off the line, always carrying the ball blitz pickups. And and now you have an injured hip on your resume. I, I just I'm terrified 
that Carson will just take one huge shot to that side, and then again, he's finding his way to the medical room. So for fantasy football, I'm avoiding him completely altogether. I will not go Chris Carson, but Carlos Hyde is an interesting uh, product. We've seen his play with the 49ers. We saw what he was able to do with the Texans last year, still managed over 1,000 yards. So I mean, he's very uh, reliable. He's not he's not going to wow you, but but Carlos Hyde is very very reliable. And and there's a very good potential possibility that he actually takes the lead role if Carson goes down, but do not sleep on this kid DJ Dallas. He is making waves in the in training camp. He was catching basically everything that was coming his way. I wasn't a huge fan. I looked at his tape. There wasn't anything overly uh, exciting to discuss and think that he would be a, a great product in the NFL. But, I mean, again, Coach Carroll talks him up. I'm, I'm going to be all ears because he, he seems to know how to find these running backs. Chris Carson was a late-round pick also. So, I mean... DJ Dallas is a very interesting prospect for me. I'm going to definitely keep my eye on him. But when it comes for fantasy football production, I think Carlos Hyde is pro- is probably one of the better uh, handcuffs that you can hold on to if that's your play. Uh, when it comes to the wide receiver room, here's where I get even more excited. DK Metcalf. I was talking him up last year. Uh, everyone, everyone in their dog was was opposing DK Metcalf to say he can't run routes uh, this is going to be a, pro- a very big problem. He's not agile. His cone drill at the combine was pathetic. Uh, he's not going to be anything spectacular in the NFL. What, what a lot of people didn't realize is that DK Metcalf's game isn't based on finesse. It's always been based on speed and power. I mean, this, he's, a, he's a, a specimen when it comes to body type, speed, and, and ability and strength. I mean, that is DK Metcalf. And he showed it. He, he showcased all of it last season. And this year, I think, with greater chemistry with Russell Wilson, uh, opening the playbook that much more, he will, in my opinion, lead this team in receiving uh, for the 2020 season, barring injury. I, I, I'm just that confident in DK Metcalf. I think he is a fabulous, fabulous wide receiver, and, and he, he proved it. I mean, he, he's got a chip on his shoulder for all the teams that, that uh, turned on him in the draft, and the Seahawks got him, and, and working with Russell Wilson is just uh, magic, no question. Tyler Lockett is the other one. So, I mean, at this point, you are saying they are a 1A, 1B tandem. The, the Not one of them at this point has uh, excelled past the other one just yet. Um, but, but Lockett is also very strong, very sound. I don't know uh, at this point if I would be taking him at his ADP in fantasy football. But, I mean, they're both very, very safe products with Wilson throwing the ball. They did add Philip Dorsett, and they just got back uh, Josh Gordon from suspension. So, I mean, that adds a little bit more uh, uh, oomph to this wide receiver room. You still had David Moore, and then you drafted Freddie Swan. So, I mean, I like this offense a lot. I really do. Behind Russell Wilson, I think that they are going to be very strong once again. I think they will compete every single game with the 49ers, with the top teams in the NFL, and I'm really looking forward to this defensive improvement. I really am. I think it is a lighter version of the Legion of Boom, but it's coming, man. They they are building again in the right way to stop and shut down teams. As for the next division rival, the two-year prior Super Bowl contender loser to the New England Patriots, the Los Angeles Rams. 
Last season, man, I mean, when we start to look at what happened, I mean, Todd Gurley wasn't 100%. We all saw this. His knee problems uh, were an issue for the run game, and that halted everything in the play-action pass. They could never get their rookie uh, Henderson to get uh, moving. Uh, The running game basically just suffered. Malcolm Brown was nothing really to speak of. So when you remove that part of your game, when it's so important in the Sean McVay system, um, we saw the struggles. We did. And then you got Jared Goff having to throw 40, 50 times a game to try and remain competitive in these contests. What do we see in 2020 now that Todd Gurley is no longer on the club? This offensive line will start there is atrocious. They were one of the worst in pass protection and run blocking last season, and they didn't do a whole heck of a lot to fix that whatsoever. I really feel bad for Jared Goff and company because this is going to be yet another season where he's going to be running for his life. They will have to throw quite a bit um, simply because of what they have in the running back room. And it's not to say that it's bad talent. It's just unproven talent. And, and, and when you're not trusting the player and, and the way that your system operates, you need a bell cow back. And I don't believe the Rams have that today on the roster. So we'll go to the running back room. So Malcolm Brown has been given the go ahead to start week one. And that's just a respect thing. I mean, we've seen what Malcolm Brown can do. He's a big body back, but he's not going to wow you with highlight reel plays on sports center week in week out. He just, he, he's not that type of guy. Uh, when you want to change a pace bulldozer, I think that's what you do when you got Darrell Henderson. And then now you drafted cam Akers. So I did some work on Cam Akers as well when it came to the offseason, to the combine. And, I mean, he's a very good talent also. I don't want to say he's bad. He's from Florida. He's a for, uh, former Seminole. And he has good speed. He's got very solid burst and acceleration. So that's what you notice right off the bat when you're watching his film, that he can make those moves. He is going to run, and he's going to make those people miss with his speed. His cuts in open field are very, very strong. He's very good in the screen game. That is another thing that is uh, extremely noticeable in film and something that is coveted by Coach Sean McVay. He really requires that screen game to be uh, uh, an added weapon, uh, uh, like another hand uh, for his for his, the way he operates. We saw it with Todd Gurley; it was no different. Gurley was open always into the into the screen game. Um, he gets to the edge very well. Cam Akers does. I noticed that as well. I mean, I didn't I didn't necessarily think that he couldn't run in between the tackles, but he is definitely much better getting to the edge. I mean, his yards per game average is where the problem was. He didn't have many explosive plays, very limited home run plays, and and that that kind of really really um, makes you makes you stop and pause a little bit to, to, to believe what is he really going to be in the NFL. I mean, granted, the Seminoles had a really bad offensive line also, but that doesn't help him in the NFL because he's going to the same situation where the Rams have a dreadful, dreadful offensive line. My NFL comp for him, he also did have fumble issues, fumble issues, excuse me, and, and I mean, my NFL comp for him was Giovanni Bernard. Not high praise again for... Uh, Cam Akers when it comes to my NFL comparison I think he's got a little bit more than than Giovanni Bernard but I mean 
I had to play somebody uh, with similar skill sets, and and it's it's so similar when you look at both players. Um, uh, I think that he can't. He's faster than Geo ever was. Um, and I think he's got a little bit more explosion and the ability to make the big play is there. I'm not writing Cam Akers off whatsoever because I think in this offense he will have a very big role and he will show it. Uh, it's just about seeing it consistently. Um, when we talk about the wide receiving core, this is where, again, the cream of the crop is on this team. Why Jared Goff is able to continue to have big numbers, pile up the statistics, it's because of this receiving core. You have Cooper Cup, who is arguably his favorite target, but again, you got Robert Woods. When you look at their statistics, it's mirror images of each other with Cup only getting the edge in touchdown receptions. So this season is going to be a little different. Brandon Cooks is no longer on the squad. He got shipped away to the Houston Texans, and now you have an opening for the third spot. So they had Josh Reynolds uh, pegged to take that spot, but this man, Van Jefferson, rookie coming out, he is making everyone take notice. He also is he's from Florida, Florida uh, uh, Gators, from the Florida Gators, excuse me, and, and I've been talking this kid up. I mean, before he even started showcasing in, in his talents, look at Twitter. I was all over this guy back from the combine. And let me break down his his film for you. His, his body frame is great. He's got very good speed. His release is phenomenal. Phenomenal release. Great double move. Solid hands. Great in the slot. He can play outside, so he can play multiple positions. And where his release actually uh, benefits him the most is helping him in the in the routes. Uh, I did put it down that his routes take a little longer to develop, but he even impressed me that much more in training camp because his routes were just so precise. He 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 was making defensive backs look like they were on skates. Like no kidding about it. He sells the slant so well with his release, and the problem was why scouts overlooked him was the meek college production. So he wasn't a huge college producer. So what? Neither was Terry McLaurin. Now look at Terry McLaurin. And I, I was saying the same things about Terry McLaurin a season prior. I mean, it's on record, so go check it out. But I'm saying, I'm not saying this just to uh, toot my own horn. I'm just trying to evaluate the talent properly. And Van Jefferson is another one of these players that will show out just like Terry McLaurin. My NFL comp for him was Reggie Wayne. And that is that is huge shoes to fill if you're Van Jefferson. But I really believe in his ability, in his talents, that he will be one of the next better wide receivers in the entire NFL. So when we go to the defensive side of the ball, lots of changeover once again. I mean, we still got Brockers sitting on the defensive end. Uh, you have Aaron Donald, and 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 I mean, he's arguably, I think he still is, he is one of the best defensive tackles in the entire NFL, constantly taking double and triple teams. He's going to be a force. You still have Hampson Ibukam. I mean, he's the other, he's the will linebacker, so they do play a 3-4, so that's where you get a little bit of your pressure from. They did sign uh, Leonard Floyd from the Chicago Bears last season as they had a lot of players leave. You had Clay Matthews leave. You had Corey Littleton uh, depart as well, so you had to fill in some of these holes, and and in the inside middle linebacker position is kind of where I'm a little bit skittish of this defense. I mean, Mika Kaiser and Troy Reeder, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily 
necessarily over the moon about these guys, um, but they're definitely serviceable, but we'll see how they shake out. Leonard Floyd will help out in rushing the passer, so that's where you will have uh, the, the ability. They Who did they lose? Can, uh, uh, Dante Fowler, he went to the Falcons, so that's kind of where you – uh, lost that pass rushing ability, but but having Leonard Floyd, he's still very youthful. I mean, he hasn't shown uh, what the Bears uh, thought he could be in Chicago, but I'm still a big fan of Leonard Leonard Floyd. I think he's got a lot of talent, and playing with Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers is just going to bring it all out for him. When it comes to the secondary, I mean, Tyler Rapp, he showed well at the strong safety position last season. I think he is a very underrated player, and he will again showcase that this season. You have Jalen Ramsey coming from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. All-star, no question about it, but he is now by himself, literally, because Troy Hill, I don't really know, is a viable or capable secondary piece for uh, assistance. Uh, to help Ramsey be that island, but I mean Ramsey is an island. If if he can play uh, as as well as he has been, I mean that'll help with uh, the pressure from the front four to get to the quarterback. So all in all, I mean this isn't the Rams team that went to the Super Bowl, uh, but they still have a lot of talent, and they will. Excuse me, they will showcase that as well. Um, uh, when it comes to one, two, three, I think we're going to see that again. It's going to be either the Seahawks, uh, 49ers taking the division lead, and then one of those teams is taking number two, and the Rams will be number three, barring any catastrophic injuries to the Hawks or the 49ers. But I mean, the Rams are are. I, I just I, I really struggle without a solid run game, without a without a good offensive line at all. I think the defense will be exhausted by about the midway point of the season, um, and, and they're going to be given in. So uh, the Rams could put up very big numbers offensively for your fantasy team. I'm still on board with the wide receivers, with Jared Goff, and how they will be able to, to translate that to the field of production. But um, when it comes to this division, I really struggle to believe that the Rams are going to be able to beat either one, the Seahawks or the 49ers with consistency. So when we jump to the final club in this division, it is the Arizona Cardinals. I am really ecstatically excited about where this team is going. They're not quite there yet. I'm not going to anoint them to be the up-and-comer just yet, but they literally are building the correct way. They went out and got one of the best offensive-minded coaches from college in Cliff Kingsbury. I was so impressed with a with how he was a rookie head coach last season. I've said it before on many shows. I was so impressed in how he was able to manufacture and alter his systems and his game plans to assist Kyler Murray in getting him in the right spot. You would see this on a weekly basis where it would look completely different week to week, and this aided in the progression and learning capability of Kyler Murray to grow that much more. I was so impressed with that aspect, and that is something that you do not see from a rookie head coach, and that just tells me that he is light years beyond his days, and he is going to continue continue down that path likely of success um, just how they're building this club so offensive line wise I mean they're okay it is a lot better than it was in seasons past still got Humphreys they really need uh, uh, to have 
the the tackle position figured out. They did draft Josh Jones, the rookie. He is a big man. Um, he is listed pretty far down on the, the depth chart right now. I believe he is the second string. So he is six foot five, three hundred nineteen pounds. I think they want him to be uh, uh, more of a work in progress. They, I think he's going to get into the game action uh, quicker than we believe because DJ Humphreys is your left tackle, and then you got Kelvin Beecham on the right tackle spot. So. Uh, not the best bookends, and I mean, that has always been an issue. Um, you still have Justin Pugh, which was a massive signing. So inside, J.R. Sweezy from Seattle uh, back in the day for that, that pickup. So inside, I, I do like this line a lot more than I do on the outside. But if uh, Josh Jones can can up his game, I think then you kick, uh, uh, perhaps you kick Humphreys down to the right tackle put Beecham on the bench and then and then you put uh, Jones on the left I think that actually solidifies your offensive line quite a bit um, when it comes to this wide receiver course so this was the biggest thing DeAndre Hopkins getting traded from the Houston Texans uh, for David Johnson and draft pick compensation we discussed that as well on previous shows um, but now today he got signed that massive extension. He is going to be making, I believe it was $27 million per year based on this extension with bonus money, etc. Um, and he is the future now uh, number one wide receiver on this club. How can you hate that if you are an Arizona Cardinals fan? You can't. Kyler Murray, young franchise superstar in the making. Uh, throwing your passes to DeAndre Hawkins. I mean, that's just beautiful, beautiful to your ears. You still have Larry Fitzgerald, which is great. He's going to teach him everything. Uh, and I think that's kind of why he came back as well. He wanted to institute uh, all of his intelligence, all of his knowledge of the game to this younger wide receiving core to play with DeAndre Hopkins, which actually should uplift Larry that much more. Uh, future Hall of Famer Larry Fitzgerald. I think uh, this could be one of his uh, uh, better seasons. He may not get back over the 1,000 yards, but I think uh, when it comes to being that role player, he will have a very sound season for me. I, I took him last uh, uh, with one of my last picks in my fantasy football draft just as a flyer. I want to see it. I mean, I, I spoke with my colleague on a podcast prior, and, and we were discussing Larry Fitzgerald, and uh, he mentioned that you know his concern is Larry uh, tends to fade around the midway point of the season, and that could, again, definitely be the case as the offense goes more toward the younger talent like Christian Kirk and then feeding DeAndre Hopkins. So um, we'll see. We'll see how his season goes, but I think there's still a lot of value. Christian Kirk is one of those guys that I am not fantasy ready for just yet. I think he's about a year away. He needs Larry Fitzgerald to retire before he actually finds – his way to be fantasy relevant, but he is also a very strong talent that I like. Andy Isabella, also he will become uh, one of the better slot machines in the entire NFL. No kidding about it. He has got talent for days. The tight end position, I mean, they don't use it very much. Um, so I guess uh, that is what it is. But when you talk about the running back position, they signed, they traded for Kenyon Drake from the Miami Dolphins. In the before the trade 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 deadline last off or last season, um, and now they re-upped him to a uh, decent contract to keep him, which made 
uh, David Johnson expendable, which what is what brought DeAndre Hopkins to the club. So we saw how all that came to fruition, came to pass. And Kenyon Drake, I think I'm I'm excited to see what he can do with a full season as the lead running back. He always had the talent, just never was given the opportunity. Always uh, uh, looked uh, aside because of his injury history. Um, he, I believe he's a former Alabama prospect, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, he had always uh, uh the ability and the tutelage from that system of of producing big running backs uh with speed uh yeah he is in fact from alabama so he's a six foot one 210 back he's still only 26 years old i mean you can't hate the entire book and resume that he has and i'm 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 very excited to see what he's gonna be able to do on the defensive side of the ball I mean they're they're building they're building. I can't I can't say that I'm excited about this group yet because they still have a lot of holes. They added Jordan Phillips to the defensive front, which is going to help because he was a baller in Buffalo last season, cashed in. Uh, he was a sack machine, and now he gets to team up with Corey Peters and Chandler Jones. So I mean from that perspective, you can say they are better on that defensive front. Uh, they did draft some depth pieces. Not overly excited about them just yet. I really want to see what they can do on the field. But when you're talking about adding Jordan Phillips to be helpful, because he's also good at stopping the run, so you're going to see a, a much better push uh, uh, to get into the backfield uh, for this defensive line to create that pressure on the quarterback and to hopefully stop the running game. Chandler Jones obviously is one of these guys. He is. Uh, they do play a three-four as well, so he is uh, usually playing the outside linebacker position, and and he's upright. I mean, he's still one of the best in the business at what he does. Jordan Hicks still playing inside linebacker, uh, and then outside of that, they did draft. Isaiah Simmons, former Clemson product. I am so excited to see this guy play. He is kind of a tuner hybrid. He's six foot four, two hundred thirty-eight pounds. He, some say he's he's too light to play the linebacker position uh, inside, uh, and he would be uh, better off playing the safety position. But I agree. I think Simmons is linebacker through and through. Um, he will be put in optimal situations to succeed. Speed is his game. He is he's very good at ball tracking, um, but he is not anything of a slouch in the run game and run support. So that to me, they were gifted uh, Simmons in the draft when I I can't remember who was he uh, who passed him up, but but I this was just uh, music to to all Car uh, uh, Arizona Cardinal fans. No question, I'm not even an Arizona Cardinal fan, and I was over the moon with this pick because it's just going to change everything in how they operate they still got patrick peterson on this roster i mean he fell off uh last uh late last season but again the team wasn't really winning so i i tend to see a lot of these star talents they start to go into the into the uh back burners and not not uh play at their full potential i mean unfortunately that is the case uh with peterson he also does deal with i believe he has diabetes so i mean that also comes into play with how he plays the game but I think with a with a better defense, you will see a rejuvenation from PP. I'm still a big fan of his. I think he is one of the better corners 
in the league when he is playing at top dollar. They did sign Buda Baker, who is their free safety, who uh, was uh, the reason why they allowed Tyron Matthew to jump ship. Now Tyron uh, Tyron plays uh, with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, of course. And Buda Baker, he recently signed a very rich deal, making him one of the highest paid safeties in the entire NFL. He is a very strong player. And, and I'm, I'm, again, with the, the connection of him and Patrick Peterson. Now you add Simmons. You have a... Chandler Jones you do have some solid pieces on this defense it's now about rounding out all the depth they did sign Drake Kirkpatrick formerly of uh, the Bengals and the 49ers um, I'm not overly excited about Kirkpatrick I think injuries have taken his toll he's never been anything uh, other than just a steady player um, so we'll see how he shakes out and then you got By- Byron uh, Murphy he's still I'm excited about this guy I mean he's still a young cat he's from Washington 22 years old was a rookie last year I mean he's Still runs a four-five-three. I, I I can't hate this guy. His coverage ability needed to be a, a little bit better last season, but that goes to terms with any rookie learning the NFL game. And I think they're on the up and up. I mean, when you look at this roster, if they could fill a few more holes on uh, the defense, get another linebacker, get another defensive back, and then add to that offensive line, I think you have. Uh, the makings to be very competitive. Uh, we saw it last season when the the Cardinals faced off against the 49ers and how close they were making all those games. Uh, I believe it was uh, around Halloween in October where we saw the Thursday night showing where Kyler Murray was was putting on an absolute uh, a talent fest with Jimmy Garoppolo going back and forth. So I am excited about this Arizona Cardinals club I think all the fans should be also they are definitely on the rise will they be as competitive this season I mean competitive isn't the question it's about will they be able to overcome the other giant teams that are in this division and that's going to be a a very tough one could they leapfrog the LA Rams this year I could definitely see it I really could Um, the Rams to me seem like they are in it's not even a transition it's it's like they're in almost free fall Um, uh, they're not quite in free fall it's like they're ready to jump off the plane but they don't have a parachute in their pack like that's kind of how I see them Um, as long as they can stay on the plane they'll, they'll be okay but if they jump I mean then it's just disaster right so uh, that's kind of how I see the Rams. Uh, uh, the Cardinals are definitely ascending. Um, I could see that being the challenge of if if the Cardinals can leapfrog the Rams, that to me would be a very successful season um, in their books in year two under the Kingsbury uh, uh, train. So, I mean, that is the NFC West. We do have uh, – that is the final show. We we, we had this, uh, this, this uh, attempt to – evaluate every single team and we got there i mean very close we cut it down to the wire we do have the nfl season like i said starting up this thursday it's going to be a a a glorious contest between the kansas city chiefs and the houston texans i will try to get this show weekly once again as the season is kicking off i haven't decided whether or not it's going to be the after show uh for reviewing all the contests after they happen or or going before i got some feedback and a lot of people would uh, uh, prefer to hear uh, uh, what's going to happen before the game. So maybe I'll do it that way. Maybe I'll do it after Thursday, Thursday night football. I'll, I'll drop these maybe either Friday or Saturday uh, so you can get ready for your games, have some fantasy football talk in there as well, um, and, and, and break down all the contests. I think that'll be fun, uh, different change of pace than what we did last year. 
So, I mean, good luck to all those who are wrapping up their fantasy football drafts. Stay tuned. You will see all articles for Start, Sit, Waiver, Wire, and Point Spread picks on All Day Football on the website. That's allday-football.blogspot.com. Check it out. It is our avenue to post all this information. So we will be riding with you for the uh, entire season. You can check out our work on the Fantasy Headliners. Also, we do a lot of work with them. And, uh, I mean, that's that's the show. So enjoy the kickoff. Enjoy the season. I hope it goes well for you. And, I mean, we'll be back to help you out throughout the season. So, I mean, on that note, that is the show. Thanks for tuning in. You can find me on Twitter at Chris underscore ADF1. You can find the show on Twitter at ADF Underground. To all the listeners, thanks again for listening. We truly appreciate you. And until next time, stay humble, stay peaceful, and take care of each other. I'm out.